Good morning. It's Thursday. Uh, we've got people here. We're going to have to give Tara Bushnell some sunblock. We'll give her here in a minute. This is The Lead Live. I'm Louis Amistoy. It's Delane Sigerman's day to host, but hold on one second. We have bills to pay first. The Lead is brought to you by Pint and Plow Brewing Company of Kerrville. Come in and get a cup of coffee and then a beer and do it at the same time. Texas Hill Country Advisors, Gilbert and Andrew, thank you for your support. And K-Pub, safe, reliable, and yours. Peterson Health. And our good friends over at Kerr County Abstract and Tile Company. This is The Lead Live, and we are going to say good morning to... Delane Sigerman, how are you, Delane? I'm great. Good morning, everyone. We're going to get some cooler temperatures over the weekend, so make sure you have your firewood and your heating blanket and take care of your pets. Delane's going to be 72 degrees today, though. It's kind of like you start out bundled up like an Eskimo in the morning, and by you're wearing flip-flops by 4 o'clock. Right. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful today. Our wardrobe is just completely out of control. Delane, you don't have COVID, do you? No, because everyone has COVID in the state of in the state of Texas. I know. I feel like I should just go get tested just because. Just because Uh, it's it's like it's like there's like a it's like a party. It's like going to Best Buy on Black Friday. I don't want to be at that party. Okay, okay? I'm I'm going to take a rain check on that. Um, Anyway, I just want to say good morning to everyone, and we have some great guests today that are going to talk about water, which we need more of, as you know already, with the burn bans that we have all around the county. In the words of Don Harris. In the words of Don Harris. We sure could use some rain. But you know, that seems to be like, even when we we don't need water, we still need water. Yeah, (laughs) So it's always a good thing when it rains. I'll go wash my car today. Maybe that'll help. Um, I wanted to, uh, our our guests are uh, Jeff Gamaway. And Tara Bushnow, and they are, uh, she is from Upper Guadalupe River Authority, and he's going to talk to us about something that he did recently. Some other things that are happening this weekend. I know we have Farmer's Market tomorrow, so don't forget 4 to 6. It's by the library. Um, uh, it's going to be beautiful weather. Unfortunately, I can't make it. I'm just letting the Grams know now I, I can't make it tomorrow. Why? But I have a dinner en- engagement. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> Actually, someone's invited me to Club Charles. Uh, to what? The, to the club part wow. of it. So You're highfalutin. Well, I'm just going to visit. So we'll, we'll see. I can't that believe happens. that. What, what is it? I can't either. Cause you, I, you, I, you haven't I, been there, right? No, I okay. haven't. Um, and since it's, I'm a guest, right. and we're, ju- we're going to the Azul's part of it. Right. We're not going to go to the dinner part. But anyway, I've heard it's very nice, and I'm looking forward to it. So sorry, I'll be at the farmer's market next week. Um, one of the things I'm going through, and maybe you are too, since we have a new year, is change. There's a lot of things that happen in life, and pretty much change is intertwined in all of it. And I, I like to kind of um, encourage myself sometimes with quotes from different people, and, and change is important. And here we have some things that say, importance of change. It is in changing that things find purpose. We must always change, renew, rejuvenate ourselves, otherwise we harden up and die. You say the real, the world as it is, but it is not. It becomes, it moves, it changes. It doesn't wait for us to change. It is more mobile than you can imagine. 
you're getting closer to this reality when you say as it presents itself, that means that it is not there existing as an object. The world, the real, is not an object, it is a process. Some other things I like, I cannot say whether things will get better if we change. What I can say is they must change if they are to get better. The foolish and the dead alone never change their opinion. <laughs> Maybe curiosity killed the cat, but the lack of curiosity will kill us. Everything is in a process of change. Nothing endures. We do not seek permanence. Change is constant. So if you're dreading change, maybe this New Year's brought to you, um, don't give up. Have hope. Um, change is probably bringing uh, even better things to you in some way, maybe a different way. So that's my quote for the day. Um, I'm probably not licensed to do all those quotes. You probably got me in deep, deep trouble. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to explain myself Well, you're just going to have to change your attitude. I mean, listen, I did win the battle against the PGA Tour in the orangutan video. so I, I know. I, you're a winner. I wouldn't I, go I, up against you. I, 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 I won win. that battle. Dang it. So. Dang it. Do you have any um, coming up activities you want? Oh, oh, yes. I have one more. I need yeah, to go right remind ahead. everyone. Um, I know I wear a lot of hats, but our point in time count, which is January 27th, we have about 28 volunteers to help us count homeless. And we have goodie bags to leave them. We will be trained. We may do some more observing than counting than we've done in the past because of COVID. But uh, last time we counted 29 homeless. We were told we had two. So, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. And I think um, because of COVID, we, we may have more people sleeping and living in their car right now. So we're gonna check a lot of parking lots out, the parks themselves out under bridges. So we have teams of two and three going out the morning of the 27th. If you'd like to be part of that, uh, you can help us man the command center or you can count. You have several choices. Um, you can just email me at dsigerman at gmail.com and let me know you're interested and I'll get you on the list. So thank you very much. We have a training on the 20th, by the way, at the library. So I'm looking forward to it. Are you gonna help me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna, oh, come, by I'm the way, I'm gonna follow you around. Thursday. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you around. Maybe that should be our show. Yeah, we could, we, we could do it live. Okay. Yeah, we could do it live. We could I'll walk around with that. I got a, I got a, I got a portable unit. We can, we can just walk okay. around. Um, That's a great idea. Just by the way, if you're going to read from uh, this weekend, there's not a lot going on this weekend, but I will say that um, there's, there's the open house of the Dieter Center from 10 to noon. I believe that's still going on. Um, I do know that the, the, the daddy-daughter dance has been postponed until April. So uh, let's keep that one in mind. There's some live music, some stand-up comedy, but a couple things on Sunday you might want to think about. The uh, Turtle Creek Olives and Vines will be having a sophisticated look at small batch unique Cabernet. I've offerings. got that on my calendar. That's from three to six. Yep, I'm um, try to so make that. see them as well. And then uh, the Kingston Trio will be playing at the Callow mm -hmm. Theater uh, on on Sunday night. So there you go. And, there you go. And we endured um, perhaps. What was the longest meeting you ever were on at the oh city council meeting? I, I, I've been on one, some that are that, that long. long. Right. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I've covered meetings that are longer, but that was a long one. Well, I will say they could have put some of those items on a previous, I don't know, I'm, I'm talking administration stuff, and I'm probably out of my league to do this. Right. But I think they, they ended up having a lot left over. Yeah. And it just happened, you know, it's like the perfect storm. It 13 just, public hearings. Yeah. That was unbelievable. And, it, and, then, and then they had ordinance readings. Like, wait a minute here. And then Bill Blackburn said at the very end, he's like, I'd like to thank whoever created the agenda for putting this at the very end because it got into a pretty long discussion. And if, 
I, look, I love the mayor, Delane, but after 8 o'clock, it starts to go downhill pretty quickly. I know I've, I've witnessed it, but I gotta admit I've been there myself, so I can't I can't point the finger at him. I mean, you know, we kind of prop each other up, nudge each other when. We're I you know the th <laughs> mistake I make with the city council meetings is that I forget to bring, like there should be a coffee. treat. Well, coffee. <laughs> I was bringing treats for a while, um, and I forgot to bring treats, and I, I was like, wait a minute here, this is going to be. But I was incredibly productive during the meeting. I wrote, saw you back there. I wrote three stories away. while I was there, including a game story uh, for the basketball game that Shriner was playing. and got that all published while, while the meeting was going on. Well, so, so it was a good time. It was a good time, yeah. yeah. It wasn't really comfortable, but it was good. Um, there were a couple things, though, I wanted to mention in that meeting, though, and I would love to have your comment on this. Uh, I, I have to give Roman Garcia credit. I love the idea about the ranked choice on the bond issue. Um, I thought it was really innovative, and this is one that's, there's there's some momentum behind this movement where you say, OK, here's forty five million dollars. But can we go more? Or you don't want to go at all. So you have like three or four choices. Right. Um, and you rank that choice and then you then you vote on that. I agree with the mayor, though. I I, I personally as a voter, I just want to know what's the deal. Right. What do we need? I don't don't confuse me with. The, uh, I mean, it, it is creative. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it, it will be effective. Right. I think we just need to know how, how much do you think this? How much is the estimate for this project? Do I agree or not? Right. That's all I want to do. So I would agree, and I think that's what the mayor said too. Uh, and then one thing um, the city council is going to have to do in the coming weeks is vote to raise their self-imposed debt ceiling. Um, so that's the first that they have in calling the uh, calling the election for the public safety building bond, which right now is estimated to be forty five million dollars. Uh, this is an interesting one too, and I'd like to have your take on this as well. Um, Mayor Bill Blackburn spoke out against allegations that the city underestimated the cost of the public safety building. Opponents of the city's initial effort to use certificate obligation, which did not require voter approval, questioned the city's figures of roughly seventeen million dollars to offer. Okay. I'm going to say this. This is a little bit speculation on my part, but my belief is is that that the timing of that. I think by the timing of that in the <coughs> summertime, was all aimed at purchasing the land where Hal Peterson Middle School was at. Now here's the problem, right? The city can't disclose that. The school district can't disclose that either. So it looks like you're operating, but there's a lot of laws that are in, in play here, right? And so if you think about the price there, that's probably a seven million dollar parcel. Uh, it's like 23 or 25 acres. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's probably significant remediation you have to do to that site. So, so suddenly, like the you have seven million dollar pr property purchase, but you also have to take care of all the stuff that's on the on the building. Mm -hmm. It would have been the perfect location. We all know that. Yeah. Everyone says, "Oh, did you go to the school." Well, well, peace out. The voters, the the let us vote people said, mm, "No, not so much." And the mayor, you know, was look, we need to do a better job of communicating this. But he said this this was for a land purchase. It wasn't for anything else. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, they all they had at that time was the 2019 study, which wasn't current. Right. It, it wasn't applicable, at, you know, for what they needed or going towards what they needed. And then you had COVID and nothing happened. I mean, it was it, there were a lot of factors that um, I guess made it appear as if we were, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what we needed. And, what, and, and the truth is, we still needed to find that out. That's yeah. what the whole committee was about. And I think they did a great job. I, I, I personally think that uh, it is a good thing to have the voters vote for this uh, now that we're there. I think we should campaign that way and, and uh, educate the voters to why we need this project. 
and how important it will be. And we haven't had taxes raised in what, four years? Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe more, I might be wrong, it might be more like five or six. So eventually that was going to happen. Right. I mean, as a taxpayer, I, I kind of, I don't live in the dream world that it won't ever happen. Right. And we need uh, to provide our, our safety people with the proper facilities yeah. uh, to work from, right. to do their job. There was uh, a discussion about that that, uh, you <laughs> know. my soapbox. Oh, no, it's great. It's great. This is what makes the show fascinating, is that the public safety building, the 2019 study, essentially the way I read it, and again, like guys like Bruce Strakey and others might disagree with me, but essentially that, that, that study was bas basically put out there to say, look, we don't really have a, very good, a really good solution. Um, we're going to need to buy some some additional land because right. everything we have that we own is kind of terrible. Um, now, there might be some disagreement on that. But then t COVID happens and that thing basically got shut down. Uh, and then you had to start from scratch. So and it's not like we ignored it. Yeah. Uh, we just couldn't pay as much attention to it as we had been. Right. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, why didn't you take care of it three years ago? Well, there were reasons. There mm -hmm. were factors that kept the city from focusing on a building versus right. COVID. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, the next step in that is that they're going to probably create the uh, political action committee that will probably come down on Friday to get that that rolling. A lot of those members of the, the public safety committee were involved with that part of it. So that will happen probably, fr like I said, Friday. And yeah. then some uh, breaking news. Uh, economic Development Director or Kerr County Economic, Kerr Economic Development Corporation Executive Director Gil Salinas said that uh, Ingram Independent School District will receive a $188,000 grant to help students at Tom Moore High School earn certifications in welding, cybersecurity, and other tech and industrial disciplines. That's great. Yeah, I that's didn't a great, know that. Yeah, that's good wonderful. Stuff. That was wonderful. Uh, in the workshop uh, mm -hmm. part of the meeting. Um, and that's good it. Good to know. That's all I got. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's all good. Um, I want to talk about water now. Yeah. <laughs> As we should. So I'd like to start with who would you which one would like to go first? Do you would you like to go, go first? Tara, Tara? Make Tara Tara's go gonna first, talk right. to us about water and all the ways we can save it. Sure. Well mm -hmm. should we talk about the river first to talk sure. about our, our uh, where we are currently? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me ask you a dumb question first. Sure. Are there beavers on the river? Yes. Are yes, there? The American beaver is native and found in Kerr County. Yeah. Huh. And they weren't hunted out of existence here? They exist at the moment. They exist at the moment. I don't know what you know the population trend has been over the last hundred years. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Right. Where do they live? I've never if seen. You I've got one. I you got one? Yeah. I've seen one in Louise, like Louise Hayes Park, and yeah. upstream of Lima Street. Right. Okay. Do they build dams and just they like? Don't dams? build dams in in our oh, area right. as much, and okay. more of um, living along along mm -hmm. the, banks. the banks. Yeah. Already kind of existing. And we also that. have nutria, which is can be confused with the beaver if you just see it swimming in the water because right. their head will kind of stick up a little bit. But nutria have like a long cylindrical tail. They're just basically a gigantic rat. Yes. And, and they, they are not native. And yeah. they can be disruptive because they do burrow quite a bit into right. banks. They eat a lot of riparian vegetation, uh, which can destabilize the bank. So How did they get here? I like every other invasive species. Someone yeah. thought it was a good idea to bring it. And Mr. Nutria. Oh, you lived in Florida, so you probably had a whole I'm sure they came from Florida. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, sorry. No, I don't know actually where they where they came from originally. And they do, They I find them on the golf courses, and mm -hmm. they really are destructive. Yes. Are they really? Really? I don't like them. You need yeah. to take pictures of this and bring it on the show. I will. I Capture one. I forgot what hole. You, you know, we have some water, bodies of water yeah. that have them in it. Really? And they, they're really strange because you think, is that a squirrel? Is that a, what is that? 
if you released an alligator in there, I think it would uh, it would take care of. But you know, then you got to worry about the alligator eating everybody's pets. This is how invasive species are spread because yeah. someone thinks, if only we had right. this, and you know, there's a balance that exists. Every time, every time I show my front yard to my mother, she's like, "There needs to be a predator there. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> well, you know, along back in the twenties, some developers in Florida thought we need to get rid of all this water because we want to build on it. Right. So they brought in the Malaluka tree. Which did just that. It absorbed tons of water, and now they can't get rid of the Malaluka tree, which is now destroying the Everglades. And so we just can't help ourselves sometimes. But yeah. Sorry to interrupt. <coughs> Let's talk about the river. Sure. Well, you know, <laughs> January and December and January are two driest months of the year, and so they are definitely living up to that trend. Yeah, it's this really year. dry. Yes. The, the last time I looked back through um, the USDA. Uh, field st- or research center over on 16 just north of mm-hmm. I-10 has a weather station and they do a great job keeping that updated so I kind of use that as our our standard for rainfall and I just skimmed back through that info this morning and it has, we haven't had rain over half an inch since the beginning of November so oh I mean there's been a little drizzle here and there yeah. but none of that you know amounts mm-hmm. to anything significant with bolstering mm-hmm. river flow or right. helping our vegetation as well so definitely Need some rain, and the river's low, but you know it's doing okay. It's about raining. yeah, less than fifty percent of what normal would be this time of year. But also, good thing about winter is we just have less less demands. You know, mostly mm-hmm. irrigation demands right. are less, and so mm-hmm. generally, uh, and your vegetation demands are less along the river. You Correct. know, when the cypress trees aren't leafing out, mm-hmm. and then they're not they're not using as much water when they're kind of dormant good in the point. river. So generally, we have lower flow in the river, too. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, um, you know, we are always conscious of rainfall, of river, of water conservation, and UGRA has always promoted rainwater harvesting as a great technique for water conservation, but also the education side of it, because I think that people who have these rainwater systems, and especially whole house systems like Jeff has, where you're getting your potable water supply from your rainwater tank, you're just kind of more aware and more um, kind of engaged in what that water source is, how mm-hmm. it fluctuates, and I think tend to be a lot more conservative in using water. I would agree. So we, we have a couple of programs that promote rainwater harvesting, and the one that we really want to get some kind of interest going in now is our large rainwater system incentive program. So we accept applications now mm-hmm. through February 15th, and every anybody is eligible in Kerr County, individuals, businesses, organizations, schools, and they put together a project outlining how you want to implement rainwater harvesting, mm-hmm. and then the applications are evaluated by our committee against the criteria for the program and could award up to $5,000 for a rainwater catchment system. Right, so thank you so much for putting that up there. On our website, in the rainwater harvesting section, it has the application and the guidelines. Okay. And we've done this program for several years. This is We increased the amount this year to 5000 to build more interest. Um, and we, we funded in the past systems at the Glory Garden was our first one that we did at the oh, Glory cool. Community Garden. Mm-hmm. We've had Heart of the Hills Camp in mm-hmm. Hunt has um, rainwater catchment systems that they use for irrigation. And it's also very visible, you know, through all the, the campers they have there, too. And Canyon Springs Homeowners Association has one at their auxiliary fire department that they also use for emergency water supply for firefighting. Um, but Fantastic. private homeowners are eligible as well. You know, the judging criteria is kind of um, focused on systems that can have an educational component that are visible to the public. But if we don't get applications from places that have um, 
say are, that our public place have a wide variety of visitors for the education component, then private landowners, you know, will definitely like be me? eligible. Yes. Okay. And so last year we had applications from seven, seven uh, private homeowners, and, mm -hmm. and Jeff's project was the, the most competitive of them all, too. So I can't wait to talk to you about your your rain catchment system. So, so what? How did you know about this, and what inspired you to want to use rainwater that you've caught? Well, I, I first found out about it, I believe, from Bob Taylor, mm -hmm. uh, who lives out you know, near us. I live out by Mo Ranch. I'm right below the dam, uh -huh. and yes, we have beavers and nutria yeah I bet you un do unfortunately but and then <laughs> you didn't mention the hogs but right, uh, yeah. that's that's our biggest oh that was our next question yeah that's one of my yeah. articles uh, yes but, uh, yeah. what's better eating though feral hog oh, nutria no. or beaver uh, zanzenberg farm pork <laughs> oh, okay. right, right. all right sorry <laughs> but anyway uh i i the the system i mean the uh the application process is very simple okay. uh, i was very appreciative of that tara that uh, it didn't take a lot of time to fill it out. Uh, but my, my system, uh, I decided I'm just tired of uh, depending on the Edwards Aquifer mm -hmm. because where I am, mm -hmm. uh, I'm at the very end of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my, I have a well mm -hmm. that's in the Edwards Aquifer. I refuse to go down to the Trinity. And uh, it's very undependable. Uh, especially in the summer, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. of course, as, as you know, that San Antonio mm -hmm. is using it up and as they use it up, it draws me down. Right. But uh, I decided to, to, I talked to different people. C.A. Martin was probably one of my best mm -hmm. sources. He's, he installed many different uh, rain collection systems. And I uh, decided to do it last year and uh, I had to put up gutters. I didn't have gutters at the time, mm -hmm. but ever since I put it up, I am just extremely happy. I, I mean, I, I, I believe I could sell them if I, <laughs> I was you in the business. You already are, sounds like. I mean, I'm probably going <laughs> yeah. to apply, so. Yes. I mean, there's, if you want me to go into all the benefits of it, I, I'd be more than glad to. I would love that. I just have a question. Yours is what size? 10,000 gallons. Wow. Wow. So does that give you extra points or so, something? For the size? Um, I think what gave Jeff some extra points as well is that he was committed to doing this. And he had mm -hmm. designed a system that exceeded the amount that we were um, providing. Mm -hmm. And so he, he was going to do this and have the and, and was committed to it, too. So I think that the goal of this program is to fund the larger system. So we want to see that the homeowners are, are putting some skin in the game mm -hmm. as well. Right. Well, I'm at different, not yes. Tell me about the benefits. There's probably a long list. Well, uh, I think my first, my primary benefit, I believe, is the peace of mind of knowing that I've, I know how much water I've got. You don't know That's what's true. down in Edwards. That's you true. don't know when it's going to run dry or mm -hmm. get too low for your pump to pull it up. But uh, other than that, the, the other main benefit is the fact that it's, it's distilled water. Mm -hmm. I mean, rain is mm -hmm. distilled water. Mm -hmm. I still run it through a three filtration process. It goes through a carbon filter, then through a sediment filter, then through a UV filter. Wow. But I, I, if I took it over to Tara and had her test the water coming straight out of my tanks, I doubt very seriously if there would be any kind of contaminants whatsoever. Um, the other benefit is that uh, with my other well coming out of the Trinity, I have to run it through a water softener. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, mm -hmm. you get all that lime deposits mm -hmm. and by uh I've, I've eliminated the cost of you know having to i i don't mm -hmm. use sodium chloride i use mm -hmm. potassium chloride which is mm -hmm. 
like a, almost $25, $30 a, mm -hmm. a bag. And uh, it's, it's eliminated that process also. Uh, where, where is your tank? Where do you have it located on your property? Well, I located it down, it's, of course, everything is gravity mm -hmm. uh, right. from, your, from your house. And so I wanted to locate it down uh, further away from my house, which is what probably caused me my greatest expense because I'm running four-inch pipes, two, two four-inch pipes, one from the front of the house and one from the back of the house. And um, just from the house alone to my tanks is about 140 feet. Wow. wow. Uh, that's not counting all the pipes under mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. around the house to, to do that. But. So you, it's not visible from the front of your... Property. No, it's right behind mm -hmm. some perfectly situated cedar mm -hmm. trees. <laughs> of course, you can always have some art done on it, yeah. which is mm -hmm. one of the things I would like to yeah. do. But um, well, the tanks are very—I uh, mean, they're not ugly either. Right. You can get them in different colors. You can get black, green, or the or this brown that uh, just blends in really okay. well, and oh, that's, that's what mine are. Um, I visited a house uh, the other day, a, a secret location in between Ingram and Hunt, um, that. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm dis allowed to disclose this yet, but anyway, the, the, the developer is building this gigantic home, and they put in, I think, a 50,000-gallon rainwater catchment system, but it's buried uh, in a... They needed to have some fill dirt, so they dug out, mm -hmm. they dug out an area, and so mm -hmm. it is basically uh, what you would think is a, 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 like almost like an ancient cistern, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so... But then it has the coolest feature ever because it's along the river, it has a it has like a like a bat cave associated with it as well, oh, cool. but the um, the water creates this sort of cooling effect on this little kind of area they have next to it that's all buried under underground. It's just really cool. So it's interesting the innovations that are happening sure. in there. So I see that that's a pretty unique design what you're describing. Yeah. The capacity though is interesting to to point out. So. Jeff and it has a 10,000 gallon system and they and you have never run out of water use it for all you know showering drinking no. water all your household use but I would say 10,000 is is pretty slim for a whole house system yeah. we've seen is people right? do 20,000 30,000 40,000 but mm -hmm. um, for y'all you knew you knew how much you needed and how much you're going to use and it's worked out well and I mean 50,000 is really big um, yeah. I would say you know we kind of say a family of four um, Thirty to forty thousand, okay. and and that's just to buffer the fluctuations in rainfall. Right. And I've talked to a friend who has a forty thousand gallon system, and it's her and her husband, and she says it's way overkill. She's like, we don't ever see the water, you mm -hmm. know, go down. Right. Um, and there's calculations to help you estimate the size that you would need. Um, a and M has a great calculator that you take your roof size and even the material that your roof is made out of, because that can have mm -hmm. different conveyance factor to it, and your area, how much rainfall you normally get, and it kind of gives you an estimate of when, and you can put in what size tank you have, so it'll give you an estimate of when that tank is gonna be full, and then you put in your use as well, and so how that can change. And it is an estimate, but it's, it's, a, it's a tool that can kind of help you decide how big of a system you exactly. might need. Exactly, about uh, estimating the size, I mean, basically what they tell you is about a 600, and I believe it's 623, 623 square feet, you will get a thousand gallons with a one inch of rain. Oh wow! So wow. I, my ten thousand gallons, I have thirty-seven hundred square feet of roof that's capturing rain. Mm -hmm. Not all of my house is because mm -hmm. it's the the design, but uh, mm -hmm. I can fill my tanks from tr totally dry to full 
with a four to five inch range. Yeah. Wow. And that I can depend on in the springs. Wow. And those numbers are flipped a little bit. It's a thousand square feet of roof, one inch of rain. Y yes. It's yes. 623 gallons of water. Right. Thank you. That's thank you. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Thank you, thank you for correcting me. Yeah, that's all right. I probably won't be able to read my notes anyway. But um, well, we have all that, we'll have information, you know, online, and we're always happy to, to provide those resources for people as well. I wonder how many people were like, you know, after the winter storm. You know, like, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, like, I was putting buckets under things to capture rainwater because, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have water for seven days. Mm -hmm. um, how many people were like, oh, that's probably something I need to think about here. And rainwater catchment systems, you know, are need to have a little bit extra consideration mm -hmm. for a freeze like yeah. that. I would, I don't know. If, I think I mean, how, Jeff, did, how did it affect your a system? lot of people had some had issues and uh, probably won't again, you know, just like well owners, you know, had mm -hmm. some yeah. because there there's a lot of the infrastructure is above ground, your filters. Um, mm -hmm. So they, they do need to be made freeze ready as well. You want to tell us a little, little bit? Story. Yeah, go yes. ahead. Uh, when we were three degrees for quite a while, uh, I had the, we, of course, we lost power also. Mm -hmm. And that was the major thing. Your, your mm -hmm. pumps aren't going right. to pull. And so we, uh, I have the small uh, electric generator. And uh, all I had to do was just take it up to my garage and set it mm -hmm. outside and put an electrical cord because the system, it's a 10,000 gallon system. It has a 110 volt uh, pump. Mm -hmm. It's on demand. Mm -hmm. It's a mm -hmm. Grunfoss mm -hmm. uh, pump and uh, one horsepower. And all I did was plug it in. And I had no power in the house, but my wife could flush. So. <laughs> <laughs> we had drinking water. Hey, drinking that water. Was, that right. was good, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, that was where probably. I'm going to come visit yeah. you if that ever happens again. It <laughs> was miserable do. in our I've house. I've had more people come and look at it. In fact, my yeah. neighbor's about to put in a 20,000 gallon because... And well, that's one of the reasons that made Jeff's application, you know, more competitive to say for um, a homeowner whose system. I know he said that it's it's a little bit camouflaged from his property, but he does have a sign out near the road that describes the system. And then just oh. word of mouth in the community in your area, people know that they can come and look. And we've had um, we've told people as well, like if you want to just have someone walk through what their experience is about living on rainwater to see the different components, mm -hmm. you know, Jeff is a great kind of ambassador for rainwater for that, as is a lot of our, our other, um, you know, friends of UGRA that have rainwater systems. So that that was one of the things that really helped with his project well, was that I've he was going to share. Plus, I've a lot of contacts since your article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want to come out. Come out. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So what, okay, so you apply for an, an incentive. Mm-hmm. And, and how is the incentive um, decided or as far as? Sure. So the applications are due February 15th. We have a our education or our public outreach committee, which is a subset of our board of directors, will evaluate the applications against a scoring matrix. And some of the questions are of, um, you know, is this the first rainwater harvesting system? Is this going to shift reliance from a surface water or groundwater source in, in Jeff's case? And then is there, um, how many people are gonna be using it a year and is there um, options for greater education, you know, to the community through tours or is it visible? So the committee will evaluate the applications against those established criteria and then they'll select one. And then we'll enter into a contract with that selected entity or person for that they need to complete their system by mid-September 2022 and submit their receipts and then can be reimbursed up to $5,000 okay. in this case if one project is selected. The, it, it could be possible that the committee would decide to split that 5000 but in the past they have just selected one, one project. One and so that award announcement would be made um, in March.
So do you mind if I ask um, what the total cost was for yours? I mean, it's going to be different from ever, for everybody. Exactly. I, I, I assumed you had asked that question. L let me preface this before I tell you the total amount because uh, it, it because I decided to put them so far from my house, the plumbing was my major expense. Got it. Okay, with all the PVC pipe that I had to mm -hmm. use and uh, and and those that that particular information, the total cost for me was about seventeen thousand dollars. But again, the plumbing portion mm -hmm. was almost eight thousand. Mm -hmm. So because I, I did it so far from the house, okay. uh, a lot of homes that I've seen, other ones, they put it right next to it. In fact, you mentioned mm -hmm. uh, Canyon Springs Fire Department. I'm uh, on the auxiliary with the Hunt Fire Department. We also, there at our main Hunt uh, Fire Department, we have a very large tank, but it's right next to it. Right. So you don't have to go through all that plumbing. Got it. Um, and Jeff has four tanks that are connected in series. They're each yes. 2,500 gallons. Oh, and, wow. and so that is another option instead of having one 20,000 gallon or one 30,000 gallon, which a lot of people have. You can cut or UGRA, we have a 30,000 gallon Pioneer tank, which is a metal tank. And there's also one at Louise Hayes Park that yes. the city has that I think mm -hmm. is 40,000 or more. So it's it's like bigger. That than the one we have. So there's a lot of options. Why did you choose sure. to do four tanks instead of one big tank? <laughs> it, uh, a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, they were more economical, uh, the ones I have. They are uh, UV protected mm -hmm. and, and no algae. I wanted four because I can isolate each one as it feeds into my uh, line coming out. And the reason I wanted that was because people do shoot guns around here. And if they penetrated a single unit, I would be in out of trouble. Out of I mean, yeah. in, in some water. trouble. Right. Right. Yes, and so that's what <laughs> I can isolate anyone at any time. And so, oh, that's, well, a good that's interesting. Point. Yeah, yeah, to have a backup in case something. And with that weight of the tanks and that size, you have to have a pad to put it on. You can't just plop Correct. them in your yard. And with with this with these four tanks, the weight I mean is it's not that bad. So I could use a gravel rather than having to put in a concrete pad. Which so saved me some money. You're not using your well at all then? I mean, you don't need it. No, ma'am. So. I, I turn it on for a couple of days every couple of months because I want to make sure it yeah. stays exercised. Right. Because it's not good to leave it. So is that saving you some expense for the electricity that would be used? To oh, sure. So you've got yes. some savings there as well. Yes, ma'am. And mm -hmm. your maintenance, so if having an issue with your pump on your rainwater tank <coughs> compared to your pump on your well... Oh, a major difference. If I had to pull my submersible pump out of my uh, mm -hmm. regular well that's in the ground, that's yeah. thousands of dollars. Yeah. If this pump were to go out, they're approximately $700. It's a, called a Grunfoss, mm -hmm. and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's all it is. I don't mm -hmm. have to have a pressure tank. I don't have to have uh, you know anything else other than just that little pump. You're, you're like a poster child now, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, that's really, it's, I mean, there's it, nothing that sells something better than a testimony testimonial about yeah. something that's really working for someone. So I've never met anyone yeah. that has, uh, you know, catchments that large, you know. For their I mean, you're almost, you're almost ready to be off the grid. I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty self-sustaining. Just get some solar panels. That is my intent. You, yeah. you, you can harvest nutria and feral hogs. <laughs> you have something to eat, you know. I mean, come on now. Uh, my granddaughters come out from Houston, you uh -huh. know. They can tell the difference in the water quality. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm Crystal, sure. crystal clear ice cubes. Yeah. yeah. Nice Aww. for your hair. Right. <laughs> There's nothing worse than hard water, though. I mean, you were, yeah. you're, I, I, we lived in a house one time where the, uh, the, the, uh, 
garbage disposal fell off oh, because it was because of the corrosion from the hard water. Oh, so absolutely. yeah. Imagine so what it does to your clothes, your hair, your you know, your body. Yeah. Your body. And yeah. your fixtures. Yeah, you know, yeah, even yeah. it's very yeah. difficult to with if you don't have a water softener yeah. to keep those spots and yeah. calcium deposits. Mm -hmm. All these things, and we just had to replace our water our softener. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the plumber came out and took off the strainer that's on all of our faucets, and there were these little the tiny aerator. beads. Mm -hmm. And he goes, this means the lining in your, so your softener's breaking down. Because oh. we were having low water pressure, and we were like, you know, this is, the tank's not filling up as quick as it was. There's a lot of little t tails that said that something's wrong. And, you know, things just don't last as long as they no. used to, because we've been in the house, I think, five years. And so we've already replaced that. And... I'm glad he caught it because he said otherwise you might have to redo your entire plumbing. Some parts of it anyway. That sounds like fun. Uh, <laughs> and Jeff mentioned too, you know, using with a water softer that there's different types of salt, different that can be used, mm -hmm. and um, right. you know that the, that is a waste. Your brine water yeah. as the water goes through there and that recharges. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it, that's mm -hmm. a waste, and it's can mm -hmm. it's going to our wastewater treatment plant, the water, and also the salts themselves. So. I'm feeling kind of guilty. Maybe I should. Well, don't feel. Yeah, yeah health-wise, I, I don't like so sodium fluoride because mm -hmm. it puts more salt into right. your yeah, food right. and everything right. else, and right. plus your body and mm -hmm. where the potassium doesn't. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna live forever now, huh? You have less water out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, if, so I don't know really. if people like to hear that or not, though. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is great. Um, I might have to make a trip out there. Yeah, I think so. And, I think uh, I'll have to do a business. It's not a story. Well, you, you can well, contact we'll, we'll, me, and, okay. and I'll get a hold of Jeff okay. and share your, your contact info. I'm also in the phone directory. Okay, okay. <laughs> Whoa, right. you are brave. He's, yes, well, I You don't have to grit it at all, then. <laughs> how, many, how, how, many, how many calls do you get a day asking for your car loan to be or your uh, warranty to be uh, put up? Oh, now I think it's uh, Medicare, for me, since I'm getting close to this, Medicare supplement policies. It's like, I, don't you want to talk about my warranty? <laughs> hey, don't you want to talk about my warranty? Or don't you have a hotel room to sell me or something like those? Like, I get those calls all the time, oh, too. Oh, goodness. Well, um, I'll, say I'll just share, share quickly, too, about our other rainwater program. So this is our large once-a-year incentive program. But all year round, we have a rebate program for people. You know, people might say, okay, I'm not interested in a 2,500-gallon system, but mm. I want a couple of 50-gallon barrels underneath my downspouts. Um, our rebate program is 50% of what you spend on equipment for rainwater harvesting, up to $200. So it can be, it can be, you know, a small, a small incentive, before. yeah, mm -hmm. and it can offset some of those costs for okay. a smaller system. So any Kerr County residents are eligible for mm -hmm. those uh, rebates as well, and the information is on that same web page that Lewis showed earlier. Yeah. Even 50 gallons is helpful. I, you know. I've yes. had a 50 gallon, and, and I had I just used it for my garden, and I never ran out. It was wonderful. Oh. I know. had to kind of you know, maneuver the way to way to water the garden from the tank, but I did. I figured that out. I think when you know when the winter storm taught taught me at least, or reminded me that you know like flushing the toilet is in ridiculously intensive when it comes to water. You know, water. Yeah. And right. so I mean, you I know, it's just tough, and that's a, that's a hard that's a hard thing for people to remember that. So I've got water all over the place now. I yeah. forgot. Well, I thing. think some of those lessons, too, from the winter storm, you know, it was a, I think we would have preferred to learn it in a different way, yeah. but kind of being that intimately involved with how much water you're using and yeah. having to physically carry it from one place to another. I think rainwater harvesting owners kind of get a little bit of that sense as well. Mm -hmm. the, like even you were saying, like how much water is my garden using? And, right. and it makes it right. just more precious and us it's more aware of it. Because, I mean, we're in a drought-prone region and we are um, every – every use of water here is depleting their supplies. Right. 
And if you can't tell from the drop prone region, um, the sunshine on Terra's face. I know. I, is, I kept trying to move a little is, bit, and I is, just gave up. Is, Should I do this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna move. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve this problem. Taller. So After yeah. I, here we go. Is right there, there, Yeah, I'll great. just stay you're, like this. You're nicely lit now. <laughs> so well, I Terra published this uh, report or this article in the paper not too long ago about six good reasons to start collecting rainwater today, and it's to improve water quality. Plants prefer rainwater. You reduce the strain on water resources. The emergency water supply, in the event of prolonged drought, you'll have that. And power outages, stored rainwater can be accessed for household needs, like Jeff is able to do. Adaptable to your needs, there are a variety of ways to implement rainwater harvesting. The systems can be designed to meet various household needs and budgets. And she talked about that recently, just now. And then UGRA, she's talking about the programs who has two programs to encourage rainwater harvesting. So it's worth checking into because, um, first of all, I would also think that it would, it would help resale value of your home. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about putting in a generator since we lost power for a whole week. And they were pretty expensive. We opted not to get that. But I did tell Mike, I said, you know, we could, it probably would be a benefit, like a, another little bullet point on the benefits of your home if you had a rainwater catch system or backup generator built into the house that you know you just flip the switch and your uh, backup power comes on but you know um, so if you look at the big picture let's say more and more people start catching their rainwater how do you, will you will we see a significant difference in uh, the demand on our city water and other water sources that we have? I mean, I think realistically, it would it would need to be a lot. A lot. You know, it'd be yeah. to be a huge percentage of people locally. You could see a difference in runoff, for example. If you know, normally our gutters. Uh, drain water off our roofs they go down to a downspout and if you live in town then they're going to maybe run down your driveway and into the stormwater conveyance you know edge of the curb there down to a stormwater um, inlet mm -hmm. um, and in Kerrville those all those stormwater drains go directly to the Guadalupe River or to one of our creeks <laughs> and so if you if you had an area of your neighborhood where many people had storm had rainwater catchment systems you're intercepting that storm water possibly you could see a difference in um, in that little bit of flooding like it might be seen locally and as that storm water runoff goes across the streets it picks up pollutants that can go to the river um, so possibly you could see you know some improvements in a local area if you had a lot of them together but on the scale of the city you know it, w it would need to be a, a vast majority in order Lauren, to see I was hoping you would say yeah yeah just two more people sign on right. and we are good <laughs> I have some questions from the audience. Uh, oh. There's one here that says, a serious question, when was the last time that Nimitz Lake was dredged, and are there any current plans to do so? I don't know if it has ever been dredged. Mm -hmm. um, Nimitz Lake has been built in the mid-'80s mm -hmm. as, as a water supply lake to help balance demands from groundwater, because previously Kerrville was told our only supply was groundwater. So being able to manage those two sources has just improved um, amount and reliability. Um, and I don't believe it's ever been drained. And, and there's no plans of that I know okay. of. Um, and then the other question was, this one says, I have a great Nutria uh, recipe. So Nutria <laughs> recipe. There, there you go. Um, I think I'll pass. Gumbo. Yeah, gumbo. Yeah, I think they I think they cook those in, in Louisiana. So um, that's the big question. Was, was well, Nimitz you know, Lake. we were talking about dredging. Uh, this article right here about Highlands Lake, they're contemplating dredging it for sediment, and they'll use that. The developers will use it. So 
what are the pros to dredging? And well, the you know you read that article. I mean, their um, motivation for doing it is because as your lake, you know, highland lakes are huge flood control mm -hmm. lakes and mm -hmm. they're water supply for a huge region. And so as they fill up with sediment, the amount that that bowl of the reservoir can hold is right. less. It's and less, so okay. by, and obviously, um, you know, that fill can be a valuable resource, mm -hmm. which is why the, the quarries mm -hmm. are part of it. So I don't, I can't say, you know, dollars to dollars or apples to apples, you know, one is gonna, one is better than the other. So, you know, those would be the pros of why they do it. There's, you know, ecological impact, of course. There's our whole part of our lake ecosystem is in that benthic region that on the bottom, different mm -hmm. organisms that support, you know, the fisheries in the Highland Lakes, for right. examples, which are a big part of it, all your aquatic invertebrates and vegetation as well, and that's mm -hmm. a, would be disturbed by those processes. I think that's what the property owners are saying and mm -hmm. concerned about that, not, not to mention the noise and all the other yeah. things that will come along with it. And I don't know a lot about the plan. I mean, you talked about different zones and how they mm -hmm. would accomplish this in different zones, and I don't know if mm -hmm. there's plans to relocate organisms that would be, you know, Taken. stranded once mm -hmm. that area is drained. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so there, there's some ways to mitigate that ecological impact, but it is significant. My arms get sore. So That's okay. Here, um, I'll hold it up as long as it doesn't look too, as long as it doesn't look super weird. We'll share this responsibility. <laughs> so um, do you have a way of measuring sediment and how it might grow every year? I don't, yeah. uh, but there are, I mean, people do Someone that. So I remember, uh, I believe the county had a study done several years ago, different um, sonar technology that mm -hmm. can distinguish the density of sediment compared to your underlying limestone bedrock density. Mm -hmm. And so the, the difference mm -hmm. in those two would be able to be calculated as a volume of sediment. Um, Tara was nice enough to come out a couple of years ago. I have a friend who lives uh, across from Flat Rock Lake and her embankment is eroding. Mm -hmm. And it had a lot to do with what she believes w is um, motorized vehicles that come Create real wave, close to her. Yeah, wave action erosion. Mm -hmm. And she in the, in the educated us to uh, why it's important to leave natural habitat, grass and things yeah. all along the bank where we like to cut it and make it look nice. And talk, why don't you talk to us a little bit about erosion and how we can prevent that or so the your riparian area is that part of the land that's immediately here I'll do it <laughs> immediately adjacent <laughs> to the river right and it normal it naturally and functioning would be a variety of, of vegetation it would be trees like we have our tall cypress trees mm -hmm. bunch grasses like sawgrass different forbs um, variety of plants and so all of that network of vegetation working together have really deep roots and when we get floods or when you get wave action, that vegetation can like dissipate the energy of that and absorb it. If you have manicured grass, even though the cypress trees may still be there and have a tremendous amount of work to anchor that bank and prevent erosion, the roots of the grasses are really shallow. And so they're not getting that deep stabilization like your mm -hmm. native riparian areas would. Um, so it's really important to kind of shift our shift our thinking a bit about what those streamside areas should look like because they can do a tremendous amount to benefit to benefit the river. Um, we have our annual year in review publication that's coming out in just a few weeks. It's being being printed very soon, and our article ta kind of talks about that and shows some pictures about how you could achieve that balance and that compromise between wanting to. You know, obviously your friend has a, ri a riverfront property and enjoys that, and she, she should, mm -hmm. and be able to get down to the river, but there can be a compromise. Instead of having your entire streamside area be manicured and landscaped, that you just create different a 
access areas, and the rest of it is left right. um, or restored to function function right. properly. Um, so we show some pictures of how that's been done well, and then where right. we, we could see improvement. Because it's really all along the river. I mean, I've, I've, I've walked the river trail, that part where it's across from, um, well, it's, it's Louise Hayes Park, it's across from the library, and I walked down to Dietert. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those along the bank have nice manicured seating areas and fire pits and and it, it made it, it makes me remember what you had told me about um, the the time you came out to visit with us about maybe it's better just to leave some of yeah. that natural grass mm -hmm. there and there's some really you know astounding I would say or dramatic like lessons learned for in Blanco from the Wimberley in the Blanco County from the Wimberley floods which was in 2016 2015 yeah, where they had some areas um, you know, that flood was devastating mm -hmm. for many reasons, economically mm -hmm. and, of course, right. human life, too. But on the property side of it as well, there were properties that had, say, their cypress trees and then carpet grasses that just were destroyed by erosion. The trees fell over. And then others where the flood had gone through that were like a properly functioning riparian area that, you know, rebounded within weeks of the flood and, yeah, and didn't appear changed so um, we have I think links to those videos on our website I can mm. definitely provide them and it yeah. really kind of shows the difference and it doesn't mean oh well do I have to let my whole yard you know go to to wilderness and the snakes and the bees and yes. everything yes. is going to come in you know there's all there's always compromises right. and um, you could have a five-foot buffer would be a minimum I would say and then anything mm -hmm. up from that is going to increase your benefits great good to know I don't have any riverfront property but um, but she has a palatial estate, though. No, I don't. <laughs> Come on now. She's got a dog that no. is, runs around like six or seven She's acres. She's so it's cute, <laughs> although she had a little accident in the house today. Oh, no. Kind of made a really bad mood in the, in the home after this morning. Hey, uh, <laughs> sorry, Tara, one, one of the questions that uh, Jeff and I were talking about before, and this is one of the things that got me in trouble uh, at a previous employer, was calling out the animals that uh, live in this uh, community that, that feel the need to throw trash into the river. Uh, you got 7,000 pounds, right? Is that the last? For the river cleanup, the river cleanup? yes. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Two and a half tons, essentially. Uh, or, you know, w w what, uh, more than two and a half tons, three tons really? almost, yeah. Tell me, uh, why? Yeah. What is going on? I mean, it's not entirely people just dumping their trash out the right. window and right. things. It's, mm. it's carelessly disposing of it. Um, that you're either from your house or, or your truck or that it flies away, that right. you don't, you know, or, or you're at the park and your chip bag flies away and you don't run down and, and try to get it. I mean, it is, some of it is dumping because a lot of times those natural areas along the river. Didn't you find like an Xbox in the uh, river this yes, year? Yes, I didn't find it, but yeah. our a volunteer along Quinlan Creek <laughs> yeah. found it. And yeah. I love, I just, as an aside, like I can totally see how that happened as a, a mother Any with a child phones? with an Xbox right. that I would have liked to here Pull you it go. out and yeah. go chuck it. I wouldn't chuck it in the river, but yeah. sometimes I want You'd sell to it on eBay first. Uh, but anyways, the any golf clubs or <laughs> didn't find golf. You know, I don't know if we've ever found a golf club. You that found mattresses. Downstream communities. That's funny. Um, so a lot of those and the river cleanup addresses the whole watershed too. So we have a lot of volunteers that are along streets, along drainage areas. So. They're not pulled out of the water mm -hmm. themselves, the trash, but definitely have the potential of reaching the water right. when it rains. Mm -hmm. um, and then, that, you know, unfortunately, areas that have more recreation, they just have more trash. And we just really want to promote that message, you know, pack it in, pack it out. What you brought with you is what you take mm -hmm. with you. And bringing an extra garbage bag for the trash that you create and then possibly helping, helping to clean up others as well. Um, it seems like... 
it's an you know as far as pollution problems go it's a visible thing we'd be like geez anybody can help clean this up it's not like trying to remove some some contaminant out of the river that's really difficult i mean mm -hmm. trash gosh just just pick it up and don't put it there in the first place. I tell you, one of the most frustrating things, though, uh, as I've been walking along the river trail for the last few few months, is uh, fishermen. Can you can you can you remove your miscast lines yes. from the bushes and the trees for crying out loud? Stop <laughs> it! I mean, it's ridiculous. And and Jeff and I are talking too. You know, some of this stuff is systemic. You know, there's like where I live, it, it was just not. But you, you'll see it. You'll see it along the river. Uh, you have to go. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Just making sure. Uh, we, 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 we're, we're, we're fully Anytime. transparent. You can just storm off if you want. Yeah, okay. But we were talking about this before. Yeah. Like, there's just trash everywhere in parts of town right now. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, Medina Highway, uh, Bandera Highway. Bandera Highway is just full of pr plastic bags. And we know? might see it more in the winter because your vegetation has died down a yeah. bit. So things that have been trapped uh, among the vegetation are more visible right um but we're all, we love to support groups for cleanups i just talked to students in tyvee's pals program yesterday that they're going to organize some routine cleanups twice a month and they had already identified some areas that they wanted to do so for groups like that that are just interested in doing cleanups on their own we can loan out our supplies our trash grabbers vests gloves oh, um and we have some buckets as well and then i've worked the city of kerrville and kerr county have always been really helpful when to mm -hmm come up with a plan for where those groups can dispose of the trash either just oh, at, at our dumpster at UGRA or I can mm -hmm. work with our other entities to see where we can dispose of the trash from the community cleanup so just give me a call and we'll we'll put Rotary together a plan if you want to do a yeah. cleanup oh yes yeah it's a lot of the adopt a highway yeah. um, projects that can mm -hmm. take care of Texas projects right. too are great ways what's uh, going on with the feral hogs yeah there are uh, a lot of them yes they're yeah. Is but, it an, well, an they, increasing issue? Yeah, they, they when they where have, are they where, where where are they most problematic in Kerr County? At, well, at Jeff's more, house, right? At Jeff's house, well, I was yeah. say Western Kerr County, yeah. just well, because of the more rural watershed, yeah. is where they're found more. I, I'm sure a good amount kind of in Eastern Kerr County and South Kerr County, just where we have more rural property. They do love riparian areas uh, mm -hmm. because they like to root and wallow, so they'll dig a, a muddy Pit? dig up yeah, yeah and just keep coming back yeah let me interject real quick um i i've been following the, her articles whenever she has them plus ugri's ugra's website is very good about telling you about riparian areas and whatnot and and i'm i'm very very conscious about not cutting mine down and and helping it build up but uh this past uh 12 months the hogs have just totally destroyed my riparian oh, area. Wow. And uh, in addition to that, mm -hmm. I've mentioned about the beavers and the nutria. Yeah. One of the good things that came out of the flood that we had a few years back was, to my surprise, we all of a sudden had cypress trees growing up on my bank. Oh, wow. Well, the biggest two I had uh, were taken down by the beaver. The beaver, yeah. yeah I just... Mm -hmm very sad yeah because, uh, cypress trees to me are awesome and yeah that's part of our, our beauty here. you gotta wonder how many of them you know were cut down by us and in you know they're, they're kind of a precious resource to think about yeah it, so. and you don't see a lot of recruitment or say coming from the small little seedlings up to adults because of deer browse right. as well on the trees yeah too. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah so if you have if you're able to could come from for your, <laughs> for your <day. laughs> in the opposite direction well you gotta yeah. be careful because beavers are 
Yeah, yeah you can't shoot, shoot the are, beaver. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking the hogs. The really hogs. Is oh. what I was well, that, I mean, that is a method of control is, um, is right. harvesting them and then also trapping yeah. as right. well. And UGRA and Kerr County work together to support a, to a $12 bounty on hogtails that you can redeem at the animal services mm -hmm. office. You bring your, your hogtail and fill out a form just, and they know, will send you a check. Belt. Put them in a Ziploc bag and stick them in the freezer. <laughs> you just cut it off and then... Uh, you cut you it off. Oh, wow. Someone and, else and you bring it in. it off. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's an interesting problem that I've been, I've kind of, I kind of find fascinating. You see these guys, they'll go out in helicopters and they'll shoot them. Um, and... I was like, that is just grossly ineffective. Unless you have like a machine gun or a howitzer, those things, they, one, one, one shot and they scatter, you know. And, um, and that's some of the issues with trapping too, even. There's a lot of putting the trap out. Um, well, I'm sure in hunting also, they're right. very smart. Well, my yeah. neighbors caught and four this week. Oh, they did. Well, that's yeah. good. Uh, is that they'll be spooked and they'll learn what you're doing and then you won't see them back for, right. for a while. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I mean, I mean, I guess the only thing would be some kind of like, you know, oral contraception, you know, that well, there's uh, a, a toxicant that yeah. has been um, Parks and Wildlife has been doing a lot of work on it for many years. Yeah. And it's just not available or, or ready or right. I guess pr proven, proven mm -hmm. yet to be able to work the way that that needs to be before it can be a public you know, resource. Right. But um, yes, that's what. And it's probably, there's no one, like most yeah. things, there's no one management measure that is just going to solve the problem for us. You know who brought the feral hogs into, uh, into Texas, right? This is a true story. Okay. It was a Spanish from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great... There's, for, for Florida. Uh, there's a great story about how the Spanish, they, they, they kind of made their way westward, you know, and they brought a, you know, they had, to, they had to bring food with them. And it was one of the conquistadors, I think it was DeSoto. And they came across, and um, and the, the the pigs were basically in the in the, the caravan of the of the supply train, but of course they scattered, and you know they're so prolific that pretty soon they overran you know Georgia and Alabama and you know all those sort of southern states uh, very early on. So going back to like the 1500s, so it's it's really it's a really interesting so sort did of COVID issue. Come from What's that? Yeah, it's all Florida. It's all Florida's fault. They landed in Florida with the pigs, and then they, 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 yeah, there you go. Well, we have really enjoyed. This has been very educational and interesting, uh, and I'm intrigued by it all. I think it's motivated me to really consider doing something, even if it's just a 50-gallon tank. Yes. Please so. come out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I might get a call. Right. And, uh, right. I just well, thank you both very trip. much. We appreciate thank being you. able You're to welcome. visit with you and your listeners. Good yep. information. All right. Uh, Delane, what else do you have for the day? What are you going to do today? Uh, rest of the rest of the day? Play golf? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to play golf for a while. Uh, I'm going to have a more uh, vital role than Doyle. Oh, so right. You're on the board. Um, hopefully, I'll yeah. be the chair of that board soon. So, anyway. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put some aloe vera on Tara's face. Uh, she's she's burned now. She's hot. So I got to really address this issue. It's really it's really complicated. Yeah, it's all you need is this one window. One window, sun, yeah, there, right. Be, or maybe bring something around here to block it. Yeah, I know. It, on, on days when it's, when day was cloudy, bye. Thank you very much. When days when it's cloudy, it's not that bad of a deal. But right. uh, day like today, where yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Today. Um, so how's that gonna go? How's the Doyle thing gonna go? It's going great. I mean, you know, we are, um, we have this brand new building. We, we're trying to make sure we, we use it as much as possible. Right. So we have a lot of new program ideas. We're always looking for funds. Uh, we're a nonprofit, like a lot of nonprofits, we're always looking for funding. Mm -hmm. 
which we have had, and we're right. very appreciative of that. But um, now we need to go forward. We're looking for an executive director, which we don't have right now, which is kind of the glue between staff and the board mm -hmm. and, a, and a daily person to oversee operations. Right. So we're looking for that. And we're not currently hiring that person, but eventually we will. Well, you get that position yeah. right. So Yeah, I, 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 get, I get it. And that's an important, that's going to be an important hire, too, because that's a important yep. community uh, oh, asset. You, you didn't give, well, she's over there. Tara's over there. You can give Actually, her the one. I think I'm going to take it home and drink it. Uh, I don't blame you. She might need <laughs> it after. myself right into wanting that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so there, there's that. No golf though, because you're gonna be up on the, uh, on the I'm deal. I'm just, see, I see my calendar being a little busier, but and yeah. it's actually the weather's so bad sometimes anyway in January and February. That's okay. But my today is a perfect. to have a baby any week now. That's exciting. So yeah, I'm really excited. About What's the baby's that. name again? Paige. Paige. Paige is on, gonna be on scene. She is. I, I hope we're ready for her, because I have a feeling she's very active, and Casey's. Casey's a very calm person. Right. I think Paige is going to change that a little bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Kids uh, you do know, that. They do. Mm -hmm. They do. But that's good. Remember what we talked about this morning? Yeah. Change is good. Change is good. Speaking of change, um, might as well embrace it. Right. Tomorrow, uh, we'll be talking to uh, Sonia Hooten, of uh, who's running for the precinct two commissioner's court uh, race, and uh, and then on uh, also I believe Katie will be here tomorrow. To talk about the farmers market. Good. She blew me off last week, but did she? Yeah, well, but she probably had a good reason. But there was, but it was okay though because we had the Vecinos on, uh, 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 Vecinos food truck uh, owned by oh. the Martinez family, so oh. that they were they were here. That's they make right. the salsa at the. Uh, oh yeah, right. I, I saw that. Yeah, I think the salsa at the the deal, and so um, there's that. And then um, if you're like I said, if you're going to go to the Dieter Center on on Saturday, um, they're going to have a open house of all of the facilities and and all of the things they offer. Um, so if you're looking for a you know seven o'clock Domino's game, uh, that's where you go. You know so. that's a great idea for Doyle. I'm gonna write an that open, down. An open center, open house. Once we know exactly what all our right. programs are, you know, right. we're, we're they're way ahead of us on that. But you, you know, there's so many great uh, opportunities at uh, the, the at Doyle. You know, it's just, it's fun to think about. I have some my uh, own personal stories too of of people that got help right. at Doyle. In fact, um, the lady that's looking at helping us do our landscaping a couple of years ago needed a lot of things and Doyle came to her aid and she now has her own business and it's landscaping and she's doing great but she came back um, the other day to, to give us an estimate on things we need and she said I, I could, wouldn't have made it without Doyle right 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 so yeah Doyle I don't is know her story but I, you know that's what she said so. all right well Delane thanks for being here we'll see you next week who do you got on next week um do we have next week? Uh, we don't have anyone. Who wants right. to be on the show yeah. next week? Well, I got shows lined up next week. It's crazy next week. Okay. Uh, do you need Thursday? We need Thursday. Uh, I mean, you need to no, we need no. We need uh, we need to, we need to have you have a guest. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah, we'll get somebody. Uh, I was actually thinking about the Kerrville Hills Winery. Oh, that'd be good. So yeah, I'll all right. Give him a call and see. Talk wine. Might have to bring some appetizers for that show. That would be good. That'd be good. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks Alrighty. a lot for joining us. We'll have see you guys weekend. again tomorrow at 9 o'clock and uh, if you're a subscriber um, feel free to pass, pass the message along that we're looking for more. Alright everybody, thanks a lot for joining us. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.